Hello, here is Chapeau Claudette from Life is a Hat Party. <laughs> Little did I know that this motto of mine, this saying of mine, Life is a Hat Party, would have such significance when I started using it in the early 90s because I was a bit frustrated by being pinned as a boutique owner or hat designer when at the time I was making um, records or I had made a film, a short film that was at the Berlin and you know I had done so many things and I, I hated to be labeled so I you know thought of this phrase and now it's taken on another meaning because it's connected to um a previous energy and an idea about life and an idea about playing different roles or taking different journeys in life and obviously that must be important so this is part of a series I have to make um, yeah that adjustment because I'm noticing more and more situations about my past life experience. Welcome to episode 92. Return if you are curious or if you've listened to the other podcast episodes where I talk about proof and connections to my past life. But today, there's something special. So, it's been quite a week. Today is November 30th, 2019. So, on two, on the 27th, let's just say, I really wanted to attend a reading or a talk about Charlotte Solomon at the Jewish Museum London. And a friend arranged for me and made it possible for me to have a ticket to go. Um, I When I first discovered Charlotte Solomon's connections, and researched it online or Googled it, a name kept coming up, which was a professor. Her name is Dr. Gazelda Pollock. And she's written a book about Charlotte Solomon, but she is, you know, a known um, lecturer and writer for feminist issues. And what in art and what stroke me and probably a lot of other things I don't know but what stroke my interest was that when she spoke about Charlotte in a few um, articles or videos it was about memory and I always shied away from the word reincarnation and like I me mentioned before there's a concept called biocentrism which was um, the idea of Dr. Robert Lanza who is also a well-known STEM search researcher inventor of some sort you know supposedly the new Einstein but uh, a very intelligent man who wrote a second book with an astronomer which spiked my interest because if you don't know me by now I am interested in astronomy and on the 29th of August 
I was able to make an astronomical calculation connection to the day that I had tangible proof of quote-unquote reincarnation or quote-unquote past life or memory maybe. It's not sure what it is. And because my philosophy in my sky astrology, the things that I think about in a metaphysical sense, is that I believe, like Tesla, or I believe the hypothesis that we live in a holographic universe and that all of our images are in our brain and that it's about vibration and frequency. And if that is so, then this makes sense to think that I've tuned in to memories or the frequency of these past lives. Or are they past when people think they're parallel universes? I don't know. I don't know. But it gives me an opportunity to research and to ask questions. And... This is the question I'm asking today because, oh, I'm, I always get warm when I talk about these things. When I was doing research for a year, um, looking at dates and then looking at who was born on those dates, people in the public eye that then other people could kind of, you know, witness that with me. And very often I did find uh, connections, the correlations between people who really, in a way, had nothing to do with each other, but they had the same birth date, not the same year, but the same birth date. And that's when the sun comes to the same point. And nine times out of ten, it was when the sun made a major connection or alignment to another star system sun. So to a, um, what they call fixed stars. And that's not every day, but it happens ever so often, um, especially in the constellations like uh, Virgo that has Spitka. Um, you know, they have certain strong fixed stars that have been um, observed and hypothesized for quite some time over the thousands of years, may I add. So I found that quite poignant and I think with what has happened to me today it connects so first I want to talk about on the 27th so I knew I was going to go to this talk on the 27th so I wanted you know to say something intelligent to the doctor Pollock and so I did a little research and um, watched quite a long video of a previous presentation she had made about Charlotte Solomon and what was interesting was that she had hypothesized about um, Charlotte's situation near the end of her life. And the situation is, is that she basically had made a confession that she killed her grandfather. And... Nobody, well, people couldn't say why or it wasn't written straight in your face. He molested me or, you know, there was incest or nothing. There was not, like, very often it was just like, oh, I don't want to sleep with him or I don't want to be alone with him. Those kind of things. So, 
Dr. Gazelda Pollack was looking at the wealth of paintings as Charlotte when she gave over her paintings before she was transferred to, well, when, before she knew she was going to be arrested or, and knew she maybe not live, survive. She gave over like these thousands, or I think it's like more than 700 paintings, little paintings of her life. She said, this is my life, take care of it to the person she gave it to. And in this collection, Gazelda was showing, and it's so many, mind you, yeah. And in exhibition, sometimes they're like 800 pieces. So I haven't been able to see them all, even though I've been to the exhibition. I even found myself one night at a friend's who had the book with the catalog, and I looked through it as much as I could, but it was late, so I didn't. But I'm just saying, even though I've encountered Charlotte's work, I had not encountered this particular painting that was showing itself in this talk that I listened to on the 27th, the day that I was going to the reading of Gazelda. So I'm looking and listening, and she shows this slide with a painting where there's a bathroom scene, there's a huge tub, and there's a toilet next to it, and there's Charlotte sitting on the edge. And, like, I was in total shock because I know, like, one of my worst nightmares was in a bathroom like that when I was, like, six. And I never forgot it. And to be honest, when I was in a reincarnation group and telling them that I thought I was this, and they were like, do you have a dream? And I'm like, no, I don't have a dream. And, like, why should I have a dream? Like, you know, I have mathematical proof. I don't need a dream. <laughs> but, wow, what happened was... uh she went on to explain that she believed that she, Charlotte was explaining um, her fear of her grandfather. And that outside of this bathroom was this huge monster with long legs and long arms hovering over the hallway. And that hallway reminded me of my my aunt and uncle's house where one night I was having this horrible nightmare that there was this monster that was part of the tub and had long arms and legs and I was afraid to get out and go to the bathroom because I was scared that this monster's arms would grab me off the toilet and devour me and I remember this dream so much, and it's the only time in my life that I peed in the bed. And I got in big trouble for it, and my dad was, like, into beating me and with his belt, and my mother was trying to understand, and everybody was, like, in a hoopla about it. And I just kept saying, I'm afraid to go. I'm afraid to go in the hallway. I'm afraid to go to the toilet. I'm afraid. That's why I peed. I was afraid to go, to go, to leave the room. But somehow, I don't know how it ended up that there was a discussion about my uncle maybe touching me improperly. 
and then I was rushed to the hospital to make sure the hymen was intact. And I, I never forget that as well. I never forget the feeling of this, this sting or some medicine they use. It was horrible. I never forget that. Um, yeah, that was like, you know, the worst kind of thing, that dramatic thing that I remember in my life, my early life. I never thought it'd be connected to Charlotte Solomon until 27th of November when I saw that same bathroom, the tub in the same place and the toilet next to it close enough, you know, in my scenario in the dream that somebody could grab me off that toilet and the long arms and the monster concept. And I cried for a good 30 minutes in my studio thinking, what? Oh my goodness, just the feelings were so overwhelming. You know, that somehow these are feelings, are they connected to feelings that were present? Is it 80 years ago? that have lived and made me think the amount of So on the evening when I went to the talk that the doctor was giving, I was quite emotional and I was quite lucky. She's very pleasant and I was in her company before the talk started so I took the opportunity to induce myself, told her that I had written her, I had written her in September because she was one of the first persons that showed up that I could correspond with um, or had did some extensive research on Charlotte. And she was very nice, but I think I was overzealous or I was just so emotional because that had happened that afternoon. And I said to her that her hypothesis about the grandfather molesting Charlotte was right <laughs> in a bit of a weird way. I think that was a bit probably um, quite overwhelming for her, you know, because I was telling her kind of on the side before her lecture about um, the dates and all the coincidences. So I kind of, what do they call it, like rushed her in a way. Um, didn't mean to, and I will send this to her so she can listen to it. But thank you for your moment and her attention and her, her open-mindedness. You know, I didn't feel immediately shut down by what I was saying, which means a lot. So getting back to biocentrism and memory and, you know, besides the fact I have something else to tell you. And when I was telling the story, I had to remember that the 27th, as I said, it, it's also a very, always been a very special day, kind of special. I was married on the 27th when I, oh gosh, when we were renovating my shop in the Wielandstrasse, which is the same street that Charlotte Solomon lived in, um, we had made a second doorway and there was a doorway there before. Oh, funny enough, maybe it was there when Charlotte used to walk in that street. Whoa! We, I don't know why we knew we were going to make it a doorway, but in it, they used to use newspaper for um, filling, what do you call it, 
lining in the door. And uh, there was a newspaper that had my wedding date on it. We're talking about dates because I was married on the 27th of July. And this paper had the 27th of July. I don't remember the year now. But I just remember, oh, and I remember for a second thinking, oh, maybe I should make wedding hats or something like that. I never did. Anyway, so, whoa, that's what happened with that. And, yeah, it was so weird. So, my mother passed away on the 27th of July as well, this last year. And so, with the work I've done, you know, 27 is a date. But also, thinking about Nikola Tesla and number threes and the sequences, that's 27 is nine. That's also a three number. And before I go on to talk about what happened today, which is a three number as well, November 30th, I just want to say that a couple of instances about my past energies, I like to call them actually, um, or part of my soul's journey is that um I'm losing my train of thought for a minute. Yes, that the situations that are like coincidences that whoa whoa strangely happen, I feel like they were outside of the power or influence of myself or a so-called past life energy and I explain it like this and I think this is the best one because this the second instance confirms my thoughts about it my hypothesis or whatever you want to call it and that is like Charlotte could not have arranged the bathroom situation the 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 the, the positioning of the toilet and the top right and I remember and I know that that was the actual position in that house of the bathroom and the tub and I don't know if that was her actual position in her house right but that is independent that's like a that's so called you know, something that you can see and touch and feel. It's not a um, a theory, right? I have, well, we don't know. With Charlotte, it's a drawing, but mine is real. Maybe hers is real as well. We can go find out. In that house that I've been in. Now I know it's the third floor. <laughs> it's like weird to show up there. But anyway, I digress. So... It makes sense in this quantum physics theory, biocentrism kind of way, is that maybe it's a frequency. It's a, it's constructing our minds, and that gives the weight and the validity of this picture is real in my mind, and it was real in Charlotte's mind. And it's on the same wavelength that we see the same, we have the same experience and the connections to that. And 
taking away the power like biocentrism wants to do from thinking everything you see is outside of yourself. And they saying everything you think you see is inside of your consciousness, your brain, or your thoughts. Right? There's quantum physics, holographic universe. Everything is an imagination in your mind. And I remember seeing something on BBC about experiments at the Max Planck Institute. And they were monitoring people's brains and asking them to make decisions. And they, the conclusion was basically that somehow the brain made a decision before the person was given the signal to manually make the decision. Like they would tell them to hit something to choose or to make the decision with. And so they were thinking or hypothesizing that that means that the decision is already made before the person thinks they're making a decision. So this, in a way, makes it, makes it in a way, real for me to think that, you know, it's not like, oh, this I'm Charlotte and I've got her soul. And I'm going to encounter the same bathroom, right? Like, well, how would I encounter the same bathroom in the, in the middle of Philadelphia from Berlin, Germany? Yeah, ain't possible. Right? I mean, or like, let's talk coincidences here. But if it's in, if it's not real and in our minds, then I guess it could be assessed. And that connects us that we're connected through this frequency that gives us this image, that gives us this same experience. And I find that fascinating. That's all I want to say about that. Because what comes next? Woohoo! It's crazy. And it happened today. So, it also comes thanks to Dr. Gazelia Pollack. Because it was a wonderful uh, presentation. She goes through slides and she tells the stories. And, you know, someone who's been a lot of time uh, writing this book and really trying to understand what Charlotte was saying. As she said, this is her life. And um, amazing because the f hangs together one of the first pictures, paintings, and that is with a big lettering with the numbers with the big writing numbers 1913 and a wonderful way how she's making these scenes it's so storyboard says the filmmaker chapeau claudette right it's very storyboard um and it just has the same figure moving through like uh like alter bridge uh paul alter bridges pay um photographs where you see the same person moving through in a street. Anyway, this person is Charlotte Grunwald, who is the sister of Charlotte's mother. Yeah, so it's the sister of Charlotte's mother who actually um, committed suicide four years before Charlotte was born. And she did it in Schlachtensee, which I must say I've been to, and I remember the day I was there, and I didn't like it that much. Anyway, um, that she was able 
to go all the way. She left the house, and it's a very dark painting. She left the house holding her stomach and walked all the way in a cold November month to Slochton Say and killed herself walking to the sea. And I was, I had known this story that she killed herself and that it was in the sea. I didn't, you know, I hadn't seen the visuals. But I was previously looking, trying to find the date that she did it. I didn't know it was in November until the slideshow from Dr. Pollock. And I couldn't find her dates anywhere. I was like really annoyed. Like, why don't they have the dates? And da 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 da. I couldn't find it in Google. Well, today I was sitting here thinking, I was thinking, oh, let me see if I can find it because now I was going to put, I was going to put Grunwald, or maybe I was going to put something else in the search engine to find it. So I put Charlotte Grunwald. Oh, yeah, I put the date because somehow I hadn't known because the date for sure, like 1913 or whatever. Or I put in the date 1913, Charlotte Grunwald. And I found in the genealogy site connected to Charlotte Solomon, the Charlotte Grunberg. And I found that she died this date today. That she killed herself on November 30th, 1913. I wanna, you know, it's like death is a sad thing to those who are left behind. And maybe we live on forever, but I just want to give a moment to the reason why she wanted to end her life. That we. For 100% don't know that, but we can speculate thanks to the work of Dr. Pollock. And as I always do, I looked at the astronomy, the astrological, astronomical calculations at the time that I discovered this, and it was at 1433. And I have a really good habit now of looking at the time when things happen. And when I ran the the figures, do you believe? I do believe it. Because when my mother passed away and I looked at the time, there was a transit in Sagittarius on my ascendant. Now my ascendant has always kind of been like 29 Sagittarius. But... It wasn't sure the minutes I was born, like, you know, just some minutes off. But when my mother passed away and I looked at the time and there was a transit at 30 degrees Sagittarius and I just needed one, I corrected my time to that. But do you know today again it was 30 degrees Sagittarius? Indeed. And it wasn't even 30 degrees Sagittarius. 
It was 30 degrees and 30 arch minutes, Sagittarius. So I pause because I want you to think about this. And some people go, well, we're living in this life now. What does it matter? It matters because there's more to life than meets the eye. And it matters to me because I do find this life difficult. And the memories, knowing that I have these connections to these memories, to this family who suffered a lot mentally and, you know, have this overriding theme of suicide within their family. I saved myself so many times recently. Like for me, you know, I I always had this narrative in my head that I found out that the Solomon family also had in their head. When the money runs out, we'll kill ourselves. They always had poison available. <laughs> I don't. But I, all the time, through my life, through my career, I was like, oh, if this doesn't work out, I'll kill myself. And most recently, like, you know, if this doesn't work out, if I can't do this, I'll kill myself. And just knowing it's not all my construct is a little bit lighter to deal with. And knowing that Charlotte tried her best, even though she succumbed in all sorts, tried her very best to live for all of them and did this incredible work, which I must say I think she did with the energy also of Adriani. It's interesting, you know, if they just think it's just one person, you know, it's like a group of souls. It's like a circle of souls. It's, you know, a family of souls that that are together, that hopefully are supporting and taking me on this journey that is obviously, and for a lot of people, and you know, for me as a term, unbelievable. But I'm looking at the times, I'm looking at the figures, and it's happening to me. And it's now in a dream that I had no control of as a six-year-old. Connected to the sad nightmare and memories and fear of Charlotte probably when she was the same age. Far away in Berlin and many, many moons ago, many years ago. So this is the end of episode 92. I think it's a lot to, to speak about. And I want to share it. And I will be sharing more orally on the podcast. Because I don't have to write and organize and then type or dictate and then correct. <laughs> And voice is the future, so this is an oral history with the help of modern technology. So on this November 30th, 2019, 
I just want to give a moment before I close this to a girl who ended her life in Berlin and then had a niece that she never met who was named after her and who lived for her as long as she could and exposed the grandfather as in a legacy of hers in these artworks and sadly yes used poison to end it it's a collective pain oh my head is swelling it is a collective pain that Charlotte embodied she could do nothing but relieve that pain to survive herself to keep living probably not to succumb to what her grandfather would often say go on then kill yourself Thank you for listening. Welcome and thank you for listening to the podcast from Chapeau Claudette, also known as AKA Claudette. This is the podcast titled Life is a Hat Party because we all wear a lot of different hats. And so let's enjoy those hats as I share with you my stories about taking care of my mother with dementia, about the climate change and anything that strikes my fancy. Life is a hat party. Get your head in gear. Life 
is a hat party, so have no fear. Life is a hat party, let your mind escape. Life is a hat party, let your crown take shape. Let your crown take shape, everybody, and thanks for listening.